Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today on Missionary Talks, I'm talking with Tim Strang. He's a missionary in Mexico. Tim, can you tell us a little bit about about yourself, your family, and how you got to Mexico? Okay, well, I'm a missionary's son, so uh, we first went to Mexico when I was six years old, so I basically grew up on the field. And uh, when I was 18, I, I decided to come to the States and uh, to get a job and start working, and I did. And I was there for about a year, but uh, the Lord kept uh, touching my heart that I should uh, return to Mexico, so I did. And that's where I am now, and me and my wife have been there for the past 12 years, and uh, that's where the Lord wants me, and that's where I'm happy. What kind of ministry are you involved in there? Well, we work in the, the little villages. Uh, most of the village only have about 20, 30 people. We have, sometimes we have to drive an hour or something to get to the villages. But uh, out where we go, the gospel has never been preached. And, and uh, first, they, they don't really want to accept it because they, they think it's a crazy, crazy belief. But once they hear the gospel and uh, the Holy Spirit starts uh, touching their hearts, then, then they, then they want to hear more. Are you working in several villages at one time then? Yes, right now we, we work uh, with about 15 to 20 different villages. Uh, some of them are close, uh, other ones are further away. Some we, we visit every week or a couple times a week, and other ones we only go to about two times a month because uh, the distance, they're so far away. How many people do you have in, in these village churches? Okay, well, it really varies. I mean, uh, we at one church we have, we'll run uh, close to 100 it uh, depends on the day of the week it is, which in, where we are, Wednesday night is our biggest service. And in other places, we might just have five or, or six. I mean, it just, just depends on the size of the village. What kind of places do you meet in? Do you have a, a physical church building? Or are you meeting in homes? Well, right now we have one church built and uh, and usable we've been using for years now. We have another one that is within months of of, of completion. And other ones, and the smaller ones, uh, we'll meet either in somebody's house or we, uh, we, we, I have this little tent that we set, our little canopy that we set up, and, and uh, that's where we'll meet. Yeah, I've been in this type of ministry where, where we've gone out and, and tried to get groups together. What kind of would be the makeup of, of a meeting uh, at one of these villages? Okay, well, let's say the the one that's the furthest away. There, we do take uh, we do take chairs and we do take take a little bit, of maybe cookies and stuff for the kids and, and something for them to drink, or we'll buy dr- buy drinks uh, there. But the ones that are closer, we'll just have a just have a meeting. So, uh, the ones that are closer, we try to get them all together. Like on Saturdays, we'll we'll go to the different villages, the ones that are close enough, and get the youth together. We have our our youth meetings. And then the ones that are close uh, enough as well, we also on Sundays and Wednesdays will have a, a combined service a uh, lot most of the time. But uh, those are the easiest ones. The ones that's hard away is the one you have to really go through the long uh, dirt roads to get to. And who makes up your team? Uh, obviously, you, you preach. Uh, who else do you have helping you, and what do they do? Okay, well, I have a, a few that have grown up in church that, that help me out a lot. One uh, one man's name is Angel Segura. He is my age. He's uh, 32 years old. And he's been in church, I'd say, about as long as I have because, I mean, we basically grew up together down there. And he helps me a tremendous amount with the, with the youth. And uh, I work a lot with the youth because it is greatly needed. And uh, that's where you need to you start your church with with the young people. And he helps me with everything. I mean, there's nothing that, that I need done that he won't do. And there's a... There's a couple other ones that haven't been in church that long, but they are on fire and they just, just want stuff to do, and, and they're learning to do most things, but uh, they're just there and just looking for things to do. Do your children help in the ministry? Oh, yes, they do. 
I mean, they're kind of remind me of me when I was little. I mean, uh, I didn't, I was also, I was a timid child, I guess you could say. And, uh, like when the pastors came down, I would interpret for them. And, and if anybody got mad, they wouldn't get mad at the pastor. They get mad at a little kid interpreting for them. And, and, uh, my kids, they do that. I mean, they're just, they're always doing things in church. And like when we go to the village, they might, uh, just, uh, do the offering or, or in, in the classes, they'll, they'll have to be there and more, more or less just be a role model to see how a good Christian kid should act. Growing up on the field, do you feel like you've missed some of the U.S. culture, or do you not even understand that question? Well, when I was younger, I did. I thought I was actually being uh, kept from a lot of things, you know, because, I mean, as far as sports, I didn't get to play much sports growing up. It was just soccer because that's the main sport in Mexico. And uh, I, I kind of felt, uh, I don't know, not mad at my dad, but I, I thought that I was being kept from a lot of things. But then now, now that I'm older, I think that the, that uh, being in Mexico and on the field, uh, it actually kept me from a lot of harm that I could have got into in the States. I've learned a whole lot more. I mean, uh, being in Mexico and traveling to the United States, the few times that we did, uh, I did uh, learn a lot. But I don't think I was kept from, from anything that, uh, I, that I really needed to, to have done. What are some of the blessings that you can th- look back and think of as a missionary kid growing up on the field? Oh, I, I would just say just... Uh, to see another country, I mean, just just grow up in another country and know uh, two cultures. I mean, uh, my, the, you know, the United States culture because I was always around my parents, and we did come back to the states uh, uh, in the first couple of years often. But uh, just just growing up and just seeing firsthand the uh, the way that people live, and I can understand their their culture. I don't agree with their their a lot of their beliefs, but I can I understand why they believe that because it's just. It's in their nature. It's in their culture. I mean, their grandparents, great-grandparents, just the whole country is growing up like that. And uh, just being so close to working with my dad and seeing him go through all the hardships and uh, just see him faithful for over almost 30 years now, that's just my biggest uh, role model, just to see that somebody nowadays can, can go through that and, and just keep on going for, for Christ. I can think of things that are strange about the Mexican culture because I didn't grow up there. Can you think of anything uh, as an example that would be strange for you about the American culture that you think the Mexicans do a better way? Well, see, when me and my wife first came on debutation when I was uh, 20 years old, uh, I was totally taken back by by one one particular thing in the United States, and that was when I was in North Carolina, that there was a church literally on every corner. That's just one thing that shocked me. That was my big shock, and I've never got over it. Because in Mexico, there's only a Catholic church everywhere, and there's very few, very few of any other religion around. And uh, even the Catholic churches in the villages, they're just one every so many villages. They're not close by. And when I came to the States, I thought everybody was a Christian. I mean, just right off, I said, man, there's so many churches, everybody has to be saved. But uh, I I don't know. I mean, there's I, there's a lot of things in the United States that, that I, uh, I agree with more than Mexico. And then in Mexico, one thing that... That uh, is better in the United States that the families are closer knit, closer together. I didn't ask you where, what part of Mexico are you in. Can you explain it for us? I know it's small villages. Nobody's going to know really the name of the place, but uh, what part of Mexico is it? Okay, well, we're in the state of Nuevo León. Uh, it's about, uh, I'm thinking, 100 miles uh, southeast of Monterrey, about an hour and a half drive, more or less, in a little village called El Llano. It's between two uh, small cities called Monte Morelos and General Terán. And uh, that's in the place that we actually live in is El Llano, and we work in the villages neighboring us. 
in these villages about how many people per village. I'm sure some are very small and some are much larger. Okay, where we live right now, there is approximately about 500 people we've come up on a rough count that live within us, and that's including uh, us and two other villages that are so close they could almost be part of one village. And then uh, some of the other ones are a little further away. You can go about 20 minutes, and there's another there's another village with about close to 100. And then uh, you can go even further than that. If you go to about 45 minutes away, you go to another one that has maybe 30. And then uh, if you just keep on going, you get to other villages that range between 30 and 50. And uh, rarely you see a village that has up to 100 people in it. They're usually like just little little living communities, and they work off the land or, or work off other people's properties or, and stuff like that. Then how many days a week do you have church? Are you in church every day of the week? No, we're not in church every day of the week. I mean, we have our regular service days. Uh, and then the other days, like let's say uh, Monday, we don't have any service on Monday. But Monday is our, our in the evening is when we have our uh, kids get together in different places and we'll, we'll play uh, play some sports. And uh, more or less, Monday is more or less a fun day because, I mean, we uh, we do the little visiting sometimes on Monday. But it's usually just when we get together with the kids in different places and we'll play our little sports and activities just to keep them excited. And then, uh, of course, Sundays are our big service days and uh, Wednesday as well. And uh, Saturday is always our, our youth group. We we try to get in. Uh, we bring in as many youth as we can from the close villages. And then from other villages, they actually come by themselves on bicycles. Some of them come a great distance. But we have our we have a good youth uh, youth uh, work going. I mean, it's, it's something that we try to keep them excited and they can learn uh, something at the same time. I mean, uh, we have our Bible study and we have everything that, that a normal youth uh, youth outing would do. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll play volleyball. We used to play soccer, but soccer is a little more contact. And, you know, sometimes you get mad at one another. So we went to volleyball. And uh, they really like that, and we have a bunch of fun at that. I mean, sometimes we'll, they don't want to leave. And uh, we'll sometimes go to 1230 at night just playing volleyball. We just have one light there, but we keep on playing. And then afterwards, we'll take the ones home, and then the other ones, they'll, they'll go on their bicycles. And, and it's just, I don't know, I, I think because most of them in the villages, they don't have anything else to do. Is there anything that you would say to a missionary kid uh, that's growing up on the field now, be it Argentina, Japan, Mexico, uh, that could be an encouragement to them, something you would have liked to have heard as a kid growing up on the field? Uh, one thing that I always liked, I didn't hear it much, is when somebody came down to visit us and they actually uh, congratulated me and just saying, well, you're doing a good job. I mean, you just, you just uh, keep hanging in there and helping your dad out. And to me, that was just a big help because I was always, uh, as most missionary kids are, just uh, they want to help their dads. They want to. Uh, most of the Christ, uh, missionary kids are are little are Christian kids, and they're good kids, and uh, they just want to do what they can for the Lord. And uh, when somebody actually comes up and says, "You're doing a good job," just just keep it up. I mean, as a kid, I just love that. It just made my my year. It just, and that's that's basically just what I wanted to hear, just being appreciated for the little bit I do. Because even, no, I mean, I have my kids now, and when I went to uh, Mexico, I didn't ask my kids if they wanted to go, you know. I mean, the Lord uh, led me to go, and, and me and my wife went, and my kids went along. And um, they haven't complained or anything. I never complained when I was a little kid. So when somebody just came up and said, I was doing a good job, just keep up, you're helping your dad out, that just that just made my day right there. Is there a testimony you'd like to share of someone who has gotten saved that you've been able to see other results from that? Well, there, there's two that comes to mind. One is this one dear old lady. Uh, she's, uh, I believe she's 58 right now. This lady cannot read, uh, cannot write. She has a real problem with numbers, problem with money. 
But uh, she got saved many years ago, and through her, her almost her whole family got saved, and some of her neighbors. She she lives a. This woman actually does not live in a village. She lives a long ways away by herself. Her husband goes off uh, to work, and her husband is the only one that has not been saved yet. We're still praying for for him. She comes to church uh, meetings whenever we have one. She'll be crying over him. But uh, through her, many got saved, and that just goes to show that you don't have to know a lot to spread the gospel. I mean, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be studied years. This woman here, like I said, she cannot read, but when she gives up and gives her testimony, this is an extremely poor lady. She gives, stands up and gives her testimony. She says, I'm poor now, but I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have it all. And that right there just, just makes it all worthwhile. And and another one is that uh, we had this, this young boy grow up in church, a little bit older than I am, grew up in church. And uh, he was uh, heard the gospel, but he never got saved. He got married, got out of church, did a whole bunch of ungodly things. And then he came to the States, started working, and, and uh, a Baptist preacher here in the States went and visited him one time, told him the gospel, and he heard it, and he understood it, and he got saved. Then he went back to Mexico, and he went and uh, went to our church, and he says, I don't know why I didn't get saved here before. I said, I've heard it, and I knew it, I understood it. But he said, when I got to the States and I heard it there, he says, the Lord just opened my eyes completely. And uh, he says, y'all, y'all uh, planted a seed, but he said, I, when I got to the States, they watered it, and then, uh, then I got saved. And also through him, many, many got saved because he was from this little village, and he, every time he comes back, he has his own little little service, little Bible study, but and everybody knows him because he grew up there. So many got many got saved through, through that boy right there. Well, Tim, it's been great talking to you. Uh, is there anything you, else you'd like to add as we finish up the program? Well, just, just one thing. I mean, uh, Mexico is still wide open. I mean, there's a lot of missionaries that are needed, and I know that the raising support nowadays, even for me, is, is hard, but uh, it's, it's, it's greatly needed. And I know that, uh, that uh, especially a young person that wants to be a missionary, is they're just waiting on their support to get up. And as soon as you get get to Mexico, there's going to be your hardship, but there is a lot of blessings that come along with. It. I mean, one of the one of the greatest things you get to travel, you get to meet some tremendously great uh, Christian people along the way. I mean, some friends that that you'll keep and have oh, all all over your life. And then when you get to Mexico and you see uh, the people get saved, it just makes it all worthwhile. I mean, there's nothing you could do that would uh, just just make your life more fulfilling i believe i mean in the states i can't even think of anything that i would prefer doing here in the united states than what i do in mexico so i mean if if you uh if the lord touched you hard to be a missionary just do it just keep it up and the lord will open uh, the doors and uh when you finally get there and start working it'll just make it all worthwhile you've been listening to missionary talks with david peach please visit us at missionarytalks.com